I again greet you <clears throat> excuse me, this morning in the name of Jesus, the one who has called us together to sit in this place today, and I trust too that it is a heavenly place for us today. And I'd like for you to remember, thank you, Rich, for those words, especially remember verse 10, um, as we get into the second message, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. It's a real privilege to be with you again this morning. I've been so blessed by interaction with, with you, <clears throat> and I just um, am very happy to be here. I'm also very happy that my uh, shy young bride of 30 years is with me as well, <clears throat> and um, it's such a blessing. I used to do a lot of traveling alone, and I kind of like to see those years uh, behind me. <laughs> This morning I'd like to share a message that has been heavy on my heart for some time. This message was born from experiences that my wife and I have gone through in the last year and a half, in part. Uh, some of my own experiences with some physical and emotional difficulties, also some experiences in dealing with uh, friends who were struggling, and also this message has brought on a, or taken a new meaning and depth in some of the experiences that our youngest daughter has gone through and is going through. So I want to speak to you this morning from my own heart, and I want to bring hope this morning to you. So God has been taking us on a journey, and I'm sure that he's taking on you on a journey. Whoever you are, God has a particular and separate a unique journey for each of us. It's not by accident. Our lives are ordered and uh, directed by the Lord. I trust that you can be encouraged this morning. The title of the message this morning is Out of the Closet. Several, or some time ago, I was uh, invited, we were invited to a home after lunch, I mean for lunch, after church. And uh, after we had, we're still sitting at the table and eating, the children were dismissed, and there was quite a, uh, quite a bit of activity going on, and uh, they had begun their, their playing, and after some time, some, one of the children came to the table. We were still sitting at the table, uh, really, really excited. They'd been playing hide-and-seek, and she was so enthused and, and, and excited about having found the best place where nobody could find her. 
that good place, that wonderful place, was in her mom and dad's closet in the upstairs. <clears throat> and she was really proud of having found this wonderful hiding place where no one else could find her. Well, this morning we're not talking about uh, hide-and-seek as such, and we're not talking about our closed closets as such, but those kinds of closets, yeah, they do make a good hiding place for children. But I don't think there's anybody here this morning that would like to live in the closet. It's okay for a few moments of fun and play, but living in the closet is not a good place to be. The closet is dark, lonely, tight, suffocating, and uncomfortable. This morning I'm not thinking about a closet that, where you hang your clothes <clears throat> and which makes a good hiding place. But I'm thinking of a closet, the closet of our life, and we could use that illustration in a number of different ways. But many of us have a compartment of our life that we kind of keep hidden from everybody else. And we have things in that closet that only I know about. And we try to kind of keep the door closed on that closet and keep those things to ourselves. And we don't really like to talk about those closets many times. We like to just maybe kind of ignore them and make ourselves believe that they don't exist and try to live life as though they don't exist. But many of us have them. And sad to say that too many of us choose to live in that closet, at least part of our lives. So I'm here this morning to say that closet living is not the way that God chose for us. He did not intend for us to live in closets. And I'm saying this morning as well, we should never settle for living in the closet or for having a closet with a closed door and things hidden in there, however you want to say that. God has something much better for us. The invitation this morning for us is to come out of the closet or to open the door of the closet and reveal what has been in there. For an introduction, I'd like to look at John 10, chapter 10. Jesus' words himself. And also Jesus promised to us. He says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Talking about Satan. And talking about the, the purpose, the goal that Satan has for each one of us. His intent is to 
kill, to destroy. And then he says, but I am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came for, to give us abundant life and not to be bound, not to be uh, hidden in some closet. I am come that they might have life. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus declares his purpose for coming to this earth using a prophecy from the Old Testament. Verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came specifically to free us from closet living. He came to set us free and not be bound by those things that we try to keep hidden or try to bear alone and try to take ourselves. Now let's just take a, 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 another look into some of the prophecy about Jesus and his coming to this earth, what his intent was in Isaiah chapter 42. Just a few verses that I'm going to pull out of that chapter. Behold my servant whom I upheld, mine elect in whom I, my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth. And the isles shall wait for his law. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness for light to the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness in the prison house. Jesus came to, to free us from those bondage, those, those chains that would bind us. And we notice here the heart of God, the gentleness of Jesus, his kindness. He comes upon the bruised reed, partly broken off. And he doesn't just say, oh, this one is uh, not worth it. And just break it off and finish it off. No, what does he do? He sees hope. He sees the hope of life. He sees the hope of, of wholeness in that, that broken reed and seeks to restore that broken reed. And the candle that's burning low, barely... <clears throat> Excuse me, barely burning anymore. He doesn't just pinch it shut, pinch it off. This one isn't worth it. It's almost gone. No. He wants, he fans it into life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to bring new life and revive that fire. 
that's almost out. And we're like that, aren't we? Like that broken reed often, like that fire that is almost out sometimes. And you know what? Jesus wants to restore us. Jesus wants to give us all that he has for us. In chapter 57, verse 14 and 15, And shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and with him also that is of contrite and humble spirit. And why does he lower himself to abide with the humble spirit? To revive that spirit, he says, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. It's so obvious that God, in his stupendous plan, was looking for a way to provide freedom for us, abundance of life, fulfillment. He has such a heart for the humble. He wants to revive. He wants to restore. His heart is to make useful again. That's why he came. That was his mission, his purpose. His heart. God's heart is for the restoration of his creation, his fallen creation. Please remember that this morning. I'd like to concentrate this morning, focus on Jesus' words himself, about himself, and how that translates into freedom, freedom from that closet. And the key verse that I want to look at this morning is found in John chapter 14, very familiar verse, a short verse. And I would like to use that as we think about God's purpose for us, God's purpose for mankind. Jesus declared this of himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I'd like to take this verse and dissect it a bit. First, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the means to the Father. I am the way that you can come to the Father. And you can't come to the Father any other way. I am the only way. Jesus is that road that leads to our Father, our Abba Father, our Daddy, the one whom we have rejected. Back to the Father who made us. God longs to have a relationship with us, reestablish that which was lost in the garden, to reestablish that which is, was lost because of our own rebellion and our own sin, which separates us from God. God longs to just reestablish that relationship, Father and Son. He longs to provide a way for us out of that dark place. He is that way. It's through him. He provides that way. 
And it is in that relationship with him that we can be rid of having to live with this thing in my life that I, that I can't talk about, that I can't reveal. This thing in my life that I kind of have to live a lie and pretend that everything is okay, but I've got this thing that I can't get rid of. He is the way to freedom, to the Father. And as a loving Father, he wants to take us by the hand and lead us through that valley of the shadow of death into truth and into light and into true life. He promises us abundant life. Jesus said also, I am the truth. Jesus said, I am the standard of truth. You know, any preacher of the gospel can, can preach the truth, can proclaim the truth, can teach the truth. But no one, none of us, can claim to be the truth. Jesus is the only one. He said, I am the truth. When he came to earth in human flesh, in John chapter 1 and verse 14, he says, He came full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is truth. Jesus is the standard of truth. Jesus is the measure of truth. Everything else can be measured by him and what he has said and what he has, what he has left with us. In John chapter 3, verse 19 and through 21, Jesus brings the truth and the light together in this verse, and I like that. Verse 19, this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men loved the closet better than the light. Because their deeds were evil, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. So truth and light are almost synonymous. At least they walk hand in hand. And here he brings the truth and the light together. He that loves the truth loves the light. The one who stays in the dark or in the closet is afraid of the light. He's afraid of being reproved. He's afraid of what people will say. So he wants to keep that covered and in the dark. In verse 21, by deduction, he who practices living in the closet or in the dark lives a lie. Not the truth, but a lie. He that doeth or practices, as it says in Spanish, he that doeth truth or practices Spanish comes to the light. Truth and darkness cannot cohabitate. They don't mix. 
Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, in John chapter 8, verse 32. But living in deception or in darkness is bondage. It's the direct contrast of freedom. But truth takes us to, the free, to freedom. Truth takes us to light, where we don't have to hide, and to freedom. And if Jesus sets us free, he promises freedom. In chapter 8, verse 36, If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Uh, emphasizing that it's true freedom. It's complete freedom. Total freedom. Who doesn't want to live in total, total freedom? We do, we all do, don't we? But there's things that are so hard to let go, so hard to expose. You know, much of what we may be feeling today are actually lies. I've become more and more aware of that, how Satan uses lies to make us, to, to, to control us. And make us think that living in truth, living in light, will not work. He, he, he tries to make us believe to be true what is not true. And he did that way back in the garden with Eve and deceived her. And maybe you say, well, I, I, I feel safer here. I, I, I don't dare expose what I'm living with. I, I just feel safer here. Is that true? It's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. We're not safe in the dark. We never will be. Darkness is the friend of the enemy. And we are so far from being safe with the enemy. It's a lie. Or maybe I say or feel, well, I, I, I'm okay here. Yeah, some things have happened in my life. I'm, I'm carrying some hurts and, and, and wounds. But I'll make it. I'm okay. I'll, 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 I'll manage. You know, that's another lie. We are not okay. We can never be okay that way. Oh, we might make it. We might manage somehow or other, but we're not okay. The closet is a false security. And the enemy would believe, have us believe that the closet is okay. And he might even give in to the fact or the belief that, well, it might not be the best. Yeah, it might not be the best, but it's okay. That's not true. We can never be free in the closet. The truth is what makes us free. Or maybe I say or feel there's too much risk opening my life and coming out of the closet. You know, this is another huge lie. The big risk is staying in the closet. 
It's much bigger than coming out. Imagine staying in the closet at the bid of our enemy rather than coming to the light at the invitation of our friend and our master. It's not safe. There is a big risk in staying in the closet. Freedom is promised if we step out of the darkness into his marvelous light to be free indeed. Or maybe we say or feel it's not safe to step out of the closet. We just cannot know what may happen or what people will think. This is another huge lie. And we're playing into the hands of Satan by staying in the closet. It is not safe in the closet. It's not safe being in there with this chief liar and this murderer who desires to destroy us. Only under the wings of the Almighty are we safe, stepping into the closet. And then we might say also in the closet, I know what to expect at least. Maybe I've lived hiding this thing in my life that I really don't want anybody else to know. I'd be embarrassed if others would know. And um, we, even if I have to carry this the rest of my life, at least I know what to expect. I've gotten used to this. That's another horrid lie. We don't know what to expect. We don't know where closet living will lead us. And Satan wants us, wants to lead us into thinking that the dull numbing and the trudging along is better than to expose our life and come out of the closet. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We don't need to fear the Lord. He is our light. He's our salvation. He's our healer. With Jesus, who is there to fear? And then Jesus said to, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus said he is the life. And in John 8, 12, he says, he is the light of life. Jesus is life. He is the light of life. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life, Jesus said. And he also said, I am come as a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Jesus is the life of light. When he said that he came to give life, he says he came not to just, just to give ordinary life, but he came to give abundant life, life that flows out and touches others as well. Isaiah, in prophesying about the coming of the gospel, said that the, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. To them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. Jesus is that life, that light of life. But Jesus also said men love darkness rather than light. Our tendency pulls us toward darkness. Our tendency pulls us toward hiding. But Jesus wants us to come to the light. He, 
Today he is inviting us to the light. Turning from darkness to light is synonymous with turning from the power of Satan unto God, to receiving forgiveness, to receiving freedom, to receiving that inheritance that God has prepared for us. Light is synonymous with transparency. The more light, yes, the more light, more of our dirt, our uncleanness is evident. Light means becoming vulnerable and honest. And so why is that closet so comforting, so inviting, so enchanting? And why is light such a repulsive element? What makes us not want to expose our lives to the light? And we go back again over all those lies that Satan gives us to try to convince us, no, don't tell anyone. Don't bring that out. It's safer here. You're okay here. I've learned to live here. I don't know how else to cope with life. I don't know. I know more or less what to expect here. I don't know what would mean to open up my life. And even it means carrying, keep carrying this load. It seems safer here than getting into the light. And we think, we feel the light is scary. Those are all lies. Stop just a moment. Who is it that is holding the light? Who is it that is bearing that light and inviting us to that light? It's Jesus himself. And what does the holder of light want for me? Jesus is holding that light, and what he wants for me is freedom, wholeness, healing. And he's holding that light for me to come to it. Why am I scared of that light? Why am I afraid of the light? He wants me to be free. He wants abundant life for me. Is that scarier to us than being in the closet with the one who wants to destroy us? In conclusion this morning, as I said in the beginning, I will repeat again. I am here to say this morning that closet living is not what God intended his followers to engage in. We should never be satisfied, should never settle for closet living. God has something so much better for us. He sent his son to set us free. And God has something really special for you. He wants you to be free. Free from yourself. Free from those around you. Free with those around you. Free with your spouse. Free with your parents. Your friends. Your family. He would like for you not to have to hide anything. Not to live in that darkness, in that awful closet. 
and using lies to cover up and make everybody think everything's okay. You don't have to live a lie anymore. He would like for you to experience life in abundance, true life, complete light and transparency. He wants you to be so free, so free you have nothing to hide, free indeed, truly free. What does that look like? Paul says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who brings us that freedom through his death and his sacrifice and his resurrection. You and I are offered life. Jesus is the way for us to receive abundant life. And Jesus makes it possible to live above the circumstances of life. You know, many times we res resort to the, to the closet because of something bad that has happened to us. And rather than trying to resolve and trying to work through that bad thing that has happened to us, we tend to want to just cover it up, pretend it's not there, and go on and live. But Jesus makes it possible for us to live above that. That horrible experience, that bad thing. And to receive the gift of righteousness. What is the gift of righteousness? It's the gift of having made it made right again. The wrong made right. Being made right. Is there anything too great for Jesus to take care of? Maybe you say, my case is too complicated, too huge. But you know, nothing is, absolutely nothing is too huge, too big for God. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. There is nothing too great. In Spanish, it says, and that's in Hebrews 7, 25, he's able to perpetually save them that come to him. An ongoing thing. There's nothing too great for him. No case is too horrible that it cannot be redeemed. There's no case that is too horrible. The ashes too far gone for them not to be converted into beauty. So you say, well, yes, but my case is unique. And you know, the next one says the same thing. And we all say that. We feel that. But there's really no unique case with God. Nothing, no surprises for him. He can deal with any, anything. There's no problem. He is able to bless abundantly whatever we have in our, in our life. So if you think coming out of the closet is out of the question, it's entirely too risky, entirely too hard. Peter says this, for you and me, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. 
into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God has provided for us abundantly. He's not limited. There's nothing too big for him. Maybe we could paraphrase that. He has for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, out of the closet into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord. He says it shall be ministered to you abundantly, extravagantly. So, I don't know what your experience is this morning. I only know some of the things that I have experienced. And some of my friends have experienced. And some of our family has experienced. The closet is not a good place to be. And sometimes we think we don't want to bother someone else with my struggles. With the things that I'm going through. The hurts that I'm trying to resolve. We don't want to bother anyone else with it. I'd rather just keep going. But I invite you this morning to come out of the closet. And the Lord Jesus invites us to come out. Maybe you feel the Spirit prompting you this morning about an area in your life that you have hidden. You have some secret there. And that secret, it could be a sin. It could be something that you're not able to, to have victory over. But it might be something that is not a sin. It might be something else that you're, you're struggling with. If you do have something hidden in there in your life, that is a sin. Some secret habit. Some immoral habit that you might have. And you would like to be free. You've been unable to be free. You're thinking, I will free myself from this. I will get over this. Maybe it's time to come out into the light with what you're struggling with. But this morning I'd like to go beyond just beyond struggling with some kind of sin in our lives. And we all struggle, don't we? We don't, while we're here on the earth, we need to deal with our carnal nature and find freedom from those besetting sins. But maybe you have suffered in another way. Maybe there's something in your life that something else, somebody else has done to you Maybe you've suffered some kind of an abuse, some kind of a, a treatment that was so unfair and so wrong, and nobody knows about it except you and maybe the perpetrator. You've never shared it with anyone so that you can receive healing from that. I invite you this morning, come out of the closet. 
God wants freedom for you. God wants healing for you. You don't have to live with that. God has something better than for you to trudge on with that the rest of your life. Come to the light. Or maybe you have bitterness and unforgiveness. Somebody has, yes, wronged you. And you've masked it with all kinds of things, justifications. Blame yourself. And maybe you haven't even been able to exactly identify what you're feeling as bitterness. But you know you're not free. There's something bothering you there. You have not been able to really live in freedom. You're bound and wrapped up in that thing that maybe someone else has done to you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You would like to get out of it, but you don't know how. You're scared to venture out. Maybe you didn't realize that you were in the closet, but you're actually covering up something that by revealing it, you could be free from it. And maybe you're asking this morning, how can I get out? I suggest this morning that you go not one more day without seeking help. And maybe, maybe you don't trust those around you, but I believe that God has someone in your life that you can go to and open up your life and receive the help that you need. God so wants freedom for us that he will provide the way to get out. Don't go one more day without finding help. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable of the year of the Lord, to help us get out of the closet. That's what God wants for you this morning. That's what I desire for you this morning. And that's what I, where I want to live this morning. I haven't always. Where are you this morning? Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning, God, we are just so grateful to you for your great love and compassion to us. You know our hearts. You know our needs. There is nothing hidden from you. And even though we try to hide things from others, and we try to pretend that everything is okay, Lord, you know if everything is okay. Try our hearts, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, to see ourselves as you see us. I pray this morning for each person that is gathered in this place,
And I'm so glad this morning, Lord, that you know each heart, you know each one, and you take a personal interest in each one here this morning. There is no one out of your sight or out of your care this morning. And Lord, you're inviting us to come to you. You're inviting us to open our hearts. You're inviting us to the light. Because you are the way. And you want life, abundant life for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And I pray this morning that you would free us today from those chains of darkness, those chains that the enemy wants to put on to us and make us think that we have no other choice, we have no way out. Oh, Father, destroy those lies. Help us to see the truth. We come to you, O oh Lord, because you are our Father, and we love you. And we praise you, and we honor you today, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.